Welcome everybody to the Britless Podcast. My name is Brittany and this is a show where I give you a rundown of what's going on in the world of music, sports, entertainment, things along that nature. And I, I have to say, you guys are looking pretty good today. Good for you. That color looks fantastic on you. I'm going to start today with, well I was going to start talking about the, the Americans because that premiered this week and it was amazing but I forgot we live in a world where we're not allowed to talk about shows the day that it premieres because a lot of people don't watch them when the show's live thank you on demand now I have to wait and I if I do talk about it I would be spoiling said show which kind of kind of sucks I don't want to be someone to spoil a show but at the same time it's your responsibility to watch a show on time so can, can we can we go back to talking about TV shows the day after it premieres. Remember the good old days when you turn on the radio and Monday morning they would talk about The Sopranos? Those were the days, for sure. And you know, it's March and we are in the beginning of the madness, March Madness. I want to give a big congratulations to my alma mater, Seton Hall, making it into NCAA tournament yet again. I'm very, very proud of them. Hopefully they don't get eliminated in the first round, but I'm rooting for them. Also in March, I've been talking a lot about spring training, but we have the World Baseball Classic, the Olympics of baseball, if you will, where 16 teams, 16 teams compete against each other for baseball dominance. I will be cheering for both Team USA and both and Team Puerto Rico. Neither of those teams have begun to compete as of the time I'm recording this. They play March 9th, which I'm really excited to see them play. Uh, Team USA is basically the MLB all-star team. Well, an amalgamation of the NL and AL baseball team, uh, all-star teams. We have Team Dominican Republic, which is a lot of uh, New York Yankees, and Team Puerto Rico, which has a couple uh, players from both American and National Leagues. Thus far, I've only got to see Pool A teams compete, and those four teams are Israel, the Netherlands, Korea, and Taipei, China. Actually, I also saw uh, Pool B, which is Japan, Cuba, Australia, and China. Shocking nobody, Japan's on top in Pool B, because if anyone's seen Mr. Baseball, they know Japan is amazing uh, at baseball. And at the top of Pool A, it's tied Israel and the Netherlands. So good for you guys. Can't wait to see who comes out on top and who's going to win the World Baseball Classic. I am super excited. I'll be live. Well, not live tweeting because a lot of these matches or games are at four in the morning. So I'll be tweeting about it, just not live. Also in baseball news, I'm going to talk about hair. Yes, not the musical, but actual hair. The New York Times recently posted an article about Yankee prospect, top prospect Clint Frazier and his hair and asking the question, will the Yankees end or change their facial hair policy? Back in 1973, owner George Steinbrenner put in this policy in the way that the Yankees are presented. They have their hair cut above their collar of their baseball jersey. No beards are permitted. And the policy has been quite controversial since the 1970s. And the policy not only goes for the players, it goes for the the coaches, and all the male executives. They're not allowed to have any facial hair other than mustaches, unless uh, religious reasons. 
sideburns and mutton chops are specifically banned because George Steinbrenner wanted a corporate attitude for the New York Yankees, a more professional look to the Yankees. And since 73, the policy has many objections. The most prominent was in 1991 when Don Mattingly and other players, but it was mostly Don Mattingly, you know, defied the request to cut his hair. And he was benched and removed from the lineup. And he was fined multiple times until he promised to trim his hair. I actually have um, audio of Don Mattingly uh, arguing with the coaches. Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. Mattingly, for the last time, get rid of those sideburns. Look, Mr. Burns, I don't know what you think sideburns are, but... Don't argue with me, just get rid of them. <gasps> Mattingly! I thought I told you to trim those sideburns! Go home! You're off the team! For good! Fine. Yep, they're, they're Mattingly and his sideburns. Lou Pinnell also challenged the rule during spring training, saying that Jesus had long hair, to which George Steinbrenner responded that, If Lou Pinnell can walk on water, you can wear your hair any way you want to, and pointed to a nearby swimming pool and told him to walk on water, which Pinella could not. And every couple years, the the policy kind of makes its way into the news with people and players challenging it. In, in recent years, when Johnny Damon was signed to the New York Yankees, he had to cut his hair and his beard before joining the team. And whenever a, a player who has long hair or a beard, you know, cuts their hair, media begins to speculate whether or not they're going to sign with the Yankees because of the Yankees' very strict rule about cutting your hair. And also because of this, many players kind of outright stated that they will never join the New York Yankees because of the policy. And and since 1973, there has been multiple calls to drop the appearance policy. And in most recent years, in 2015, when the Yankees were having a winning streak, a lot of the players wanted to grow facial hair in solidarity, kind of like a playoff beard, but because they couldn't grow beards, they grew hitting mustaches. And other clubs have similar rules, not as strict as the New York Yankees, but most ironically, in 2016, when Don Mattingly became the field manager of the Miami Marlins, he had a ban on any facial hair for the players, which was abolished for this season. So there we have our history of the New York Yankees and their hair policy, and then we ha- and we also have Clint Frazier, the Yankees' top prospect with very long red hair. And he is playing so well in spring training, and his hair has become a topic of discussion, more so than his numbers. In the New York Times article, Frazier's hair speaks to a, dip- a deeper issue for the Yankees and, the base- and baseball in general. Uh, Clint Frazier, who could be a starter this season, is viewed as a center being central to the Yankees' youth movement, and with his hair and provocative personality, he might offer a jolt of enthusiasm largely absent from a Yankee stadium these days, which has kind of been missing since Nick Swisher left the team. They're playing better, but, you know, that that fun in baseball has kind of been missing from Yankee Stadium. A lot of higher-ups in the New York Yankee organization are very quiet on this matter. Brian Cashman does not even discuss the topic when it's brought up. You know, the rules are read to the team at the beginning of spring training and they're not really up for discussion. The, the, the rule will not change. And going back to, to Clint Frazier, he, you know, 
was in a Twitter, I wouldn't say battle, it wasn't very much of a battle, but he was tweeting about Bryce Harper uh, of the Washington Nationals, outfielder of the Washington Nationals, about his, his hair because Bryce is known for his his beard and his long awesome hair along with being a pretty pretty good baseball player, you know, MVP 2 years ago where where he and Bryce Harper and Clint Frazier were, you know, talking on Twitter mentioning, you know, how Clint basically said that his hair will be the best hair in in baseball, which is, you know, so silly. Bryce, you know, would be dethroned from having, you know, the hipsterious hair in, in the MLB. To which Bryce Harper responded, you know, not in the Yankees, you gotta cut it. And Frazier's response is probably one of one of the best responses out there. It's worth it to one day wear those pinstripes, my man. Hashtag road to twenty eight. And not only do we have Clint Frazier in spring training, CC Sabathia had his first in game appearance this week. And it was pretty noticeable that he had a little facial hair going on. He, Sabathia was looking a little scruffy. And Joe Girardi was asked about the hair. And he said that's not his focus in camp. His focus is to get people ready. He didn't notice it. He doesn't look for it. And he's not really sure what people saw. He's seen Andy Pettit. And, you know, pitchers don't shave the day they necessarily pitch. When that information was relayed to Yankee coach Joe Girardi about Sabathia's hair, uh, facial hair being a little, you know, grown out, Girardi said he didn't stare at him that close. He doesn't know what to tell people when they ask him about the hair. The most important thing that we do is win games. He did his job today. If I see it as a problem or someone else calls me and says, hey, CeCe's hair is a problem, I'll let him know. But he didn't see a problem when CeCe Sabathia pitched this week. So there we have our hairy situation. Should the New York Yankees abolish their their hair rule? And I can see two sides of the same coin. You know, David Price is an amazing pitcher who will never even entertain the thought of being a Yankee because of the hair policy and the appearance policy. On the other side, the New York Yankees are a prestigious organization in sports. Not everybody can be a Yankee. It's an honor amongst baseball players to be a Yankee and to be a part of that history. And a legacy like that comes with a certain level of professionalism. And that professionalism is, you know, looking clean cut. When I think of the New York Yankees, I think, you know, pride, power, pinstripes, and that appearance. So do I think the facial hair policy should be completely eliminated? Absolutely not. Should there be exceptions to the policy? Absolutely not. Should there be an amendment to the policy? Possibly. And maybe I'm just saying this because I am a huge Bryce Harper fan. And I would love Bryce Harper to be a New York Yankee. And it's a very big possibility that one day he will be a Yankee because of his fan of the organization. So what do you think? Do you think the Yankees should eliminate their appearance policy? Do you think more teams should adopt that policy? Do you think baseball players are, do you think they have the right to, you know, 
say they do not want to be a Yankee at all because of this policy. What what are what are your thoughts? I want to know. So tweet me at Brett Legs Limes. We could discuss the hairy situation. And I'm done making stupid hair puns. Moving on from discussing hair to something that you would never want hair in. Candy! Starburst. Starburst are releasing an all pink pack of their Starburst candy. This way you don't have to pick through crappy yellow and orange to get to, you know, that best flavor of a strawberry. Starburst. It will be a special edition all pink pack of the candy. It will have a limited run in the United States next month. And, you know, a lot of people are on Twitter and Facebook and social media are really excited. They're tweeting hashtag I am pink starburst. And I'm going through my Twitter feed now and there's a, a lot of people happy about, you know, pink starburst. I personally like red and pink starburst. I, I think yellow and orange are disgusting. Well, not everybody is happy because... As the idiomatic expression says, you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. There's a bit of a backlash on, you know, social media saying that pink Starbursts are whack. And that they're the lowest tasting Starburst flavor, and it's not superior, it's disgusting. And there is about to be a war on Starburst. Will Starburst, you know, release other flavors as individuals? Will this be the topic of discussion for 2017? Only time will tell. I think it's kind of silly that people are get, getting upset. You know, if, if you don't like pink Starburst, you don't have to buy the all pink pack. You could take your chances on buying the the mixed bag because most of the time in the mixed bag, it's only yellow and orange. It's candy. It's just candy. I actually wouldn't mind seeing a a Starburst war in the streets with people pelting each other with the taffy candies. Because with enough force, those little things hurt. Like, my older brother used to throw them at me all the time, and those hurt. Like, if you catch a corner to the eye, like, you are done for. Moving on from sweet news to something that's a bit sour. The almighty Black Sabbath have officially called it quits after 49 years of rocking our socks off. On Tuesday, March 7th, on the Facebook page of Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne and company. I don't like that this article says Ozzy Osbourne and company. You know, there's there's other people in the band. You know, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, the guy who replaced Bill Ward. Well, they simply posted a picture of the band's logo with 1968 to 2017, hashtag the end. You know, they've been playing for almost a half a century. I kind of wish they they stuck it out one more year to have that even number of 50 years of metal. You know, Black Sabbath is kind of one of the first bands to really introduce that metal sound thanks to Tony Iommi and the burning part of his finger off. This classic riffs from Sweet Leaf and Iron Man and Paranoid and War Pigs. But, it, you know, it's it, it good. It's good for Black Sabbath, you know, like kind of relax and retire now while people still still care. I mean, there's probably someone out there like, no one cares about Black Sabbath. And I say, shut your mouth. Ozzy is an American, well, a 
British treasure that became an American treasure. You know, since uh, the death of Ronnie James Dio in 2010, the other Black Sabbath lead singer, there's been kind of speculation when will Sabbath kind of hang it up. And, you know, it was this year. I, I, I'm going to miss, you know, seeing Ozzy run across the stage and eat bats. But, you know, it is, it is time for Black Sabbath to ride off into the sunset and, you know, kind of sit back and see all the, the bands that they have influenced with their, their heavy metal sound. So, enjoy retirement, Ozzy and Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler and the, the other guy. Let me be respectful. I should say the driver's name. Tommy Klufetos. Enjoy retirement. Hopefully now Ozzy will have more time to sit in a bathrobe and make eggs. And if you don't know that reference, you really, really need to see Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. I have so many memories playing Black Sabbath in my days of WSOU. Uh, during summertime, I would do the the Thursday morning shift, the 6 to 10. And... At WSOU, we had this little thing that we did at 6 a.m. We would play a double shot of Sabbath. It was Sabbath at 6. And I could never decide what Sabbath song I wanted. I couldn't decide between Dio Sabbath and Ozzy Sabbath. And there was a period in time, I think it was about a good month, that I would start that Thursday morning shift with Sweet Leaf. Every single time I would do that 6 a.m. shift, it was Sweet Leaf, always. And I would switch up the other song, you know, sometimes Children of the Grave, Iron Man, Paranoid, some sort of deeper cuts. I, I, I went through a period where I really did love the song NIB too. But I, I would pl- always, always play Sweet Leaf. And <laughs> this one time, this guy called up and he was like, Dodger, because my DJ name was the Brooklyn Dodger. And he was like, Dodger. Why are you always playing Sweet Leaf? Like, the, the song's awesome, but, like, can, can you play something else? And if I ever got the chance uh, to DJ on 420, I would always play Sweet Leaf as well. That story's not as funny as it is to you as it is to me. Um, another funny Sabbath story in my my WSOU days. I actually have two um, more. I hosted a hardcore show, Hardcore Reality, and... You know, sometimes I, I didn't always want to play the the same songs. And I did a, a a cover show where I played as many hardcore covers as I can find. So I played this band Freya. They had a cover of War Pigs. It's probably the worst cover I've ever heard in my entire life. And I like this band. I mean, they're not the greatest hardcore band out there, but they're pretty pretty good. And someone called in and demanded I cut the song halfway through and play actual Black Sabbath because it was the most disrespectful thing to the legacy of Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath. And I didn't. I I apologized for the song afterwards. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was that bad. And another um, Black Sabbath story kind of um I was working when Ronnie James Dio died well I I was there when he went to the hospital 
we I was working a last show and a last show in uh, my college station. You know, it was kind of a big party and the the DJ gets to play whatever they want and we could tell stories and reminisce and have fun. And after the show was over, uh, someone was going to Tron a shift and Troning means they just play music. It's kind of listen to like a playlist. They don't go on air. He's still training. And we got a phone call. And while while we were there, it was me and another and the guy whose last show it was. And he uh, we we get a phone call that's saying that, hey, Ronnie James Dio just went to the hospital and he died. We're like what? So so we looked it up first. He was he it hadn't been announced that he died, but he was in the hospital. And being a metal station, we, you know, had to go on and say, hey, Ronnie James Dio is in critical condition. He will give you any updates, you know, as, as they come in. And we kind of went back to, to playing music for a little bit. And, you know, all of us were kind of, kind of bummed, you know, like it's the last show of one of my friends and he's like kind of bummed and... Then we have another, another guy who's never been on the 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 air before, not knowing really not not knowing what to do. And at this point, I was the assistant programming. You know, going into my junior year as my assistant, so I had uh, on air clearance. And I was like, okay, so so this is what we're gonna do. I was like, uh, we're going to play some music. We're going to look up any information we have, and then we're going to announce his death. And then, you know, we, we found out that Ronnie James Zio had indeed died of, of stomach cancer. And I went through our Vintage 80s box. Vintage 80s is Vintage 80s is a show um, every Thursday night on WSOU from 8 to 10 that plays, you know, all 80s music. I went through the vintage 80s box and I found all the solo Dio, his first uh, first big band and Black Sabbath Dio era and we, we played we played Dio. And that's only some of my, my Sabbath stories. I have so many Black Sabbath stories just because I love Ozzy Osbourne and that band and uh, Dio. So... And I honestly can't pick my favorite Black Sabbath song because it changes like every other week. So, you know, I'll put up my metal horns uh, for Sabbath one last time as they go into retirement. And I hope this is not the last we hear of them. It's not going to be the last we hear of Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Absolutely not. But thank you, Black Sabbath, for years and hours of amazing music thank you for inspiring an entire genre of music and thank you for just being a kick-ass band thank you my name is Brittany, and this has been you know the britless podcast you can find me on twitter brit likes limes tweet me you can find the show on itunes soundcloud stitcher and while you're there please give it a subscribe and a like review the show pass it to a friend Pass it to your mom, and also while you're passing the show to your your mom, give her a Black Sabbath album. 
while you're at it. And until next time, later dates, my friends! Hey, you made it! You made it to the end of the show! Congratulations! I know I'm very annoying. And as you guys know, I I, I love music. I, I love it. And I've had so many crazy experiences in my life from when I was in high school and college and now of crazy band interactions and crazy concerts and I want to share them all with you. Yeah, you. I'm looking at you. Yeah, you. And every Friday on this Britless podcast, I will release a funny, awesome, crazy story for you to enjoy. And I'm starting it this week, March 10th. Yeah. And I'm going to share the story of how I punched my best friend at a concert. And it wasn't by accident. I really, really meant it. So if you want to find out how I punched my really good friend, one of my best friends, in the face, tune in. Okay? Bye. Later dates.